you know, put in the devil's face, you know, just irritate, irritate the enemy. Just say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. Say, I choose to do what it says I can do. Say, I've got an open mind. I've got a teachable spirit from this moment forward. Say, I'll never be the same. Shout it. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. Give the guy next to you a knuckle bump and tell him I mean every word of it. Amen. Isn't it beautiful outside? Man, here we go, guys. Here we go. We're getting into the good stuff, right? Here comes the way. Now, now, now just remember, you gotta, you got to love God more than you love sunshine, right? Yeah, and I'm so glad you guys are here today. And, uh, so I'm not going to pick on you too much, but uh, I'm going to challenge you today. But uh, I just want you to know, man, we're thrilled that you're with us. Okay, that you're with us because we're, we're believing God for some big things in, in your life. Amen. Amen. Look at your neighbor. And say, man, I'm glad you're here. Tell them this whole thing's for you. Amen. All right. We're going to jump right in the word right where we've been. And we're just going to continue on. Uh, look at John five, verse one through nine. And, uh, you know, Jesus is going down to the pool. Look at verse three. Hundreds of sick people, blind, crippled, paralyzed. We're in these alcoves. Hundreds of sick people. Blind, crippled, paralyzed. Uh, man, there's a bunch of them. And uh, verse 5, one man had been an invalid there 38 years. 38 years. 38 years. An invalid. Invalid. Life doesn't count. Ain't making a difference. Invalid. 38 years. When Jesus saw him there, verse 6, stretched out by the pool and knew how long he had been there. When, when Jesus saw him stretched out by the pool, you know, some of us, we gotten kind of comfortable just hanging out around the pool. Hello? We, we just like it where we're at. Jesus walks up to him and asks a really important question. Do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? Look at verse 8. Jesus said to him, get up, take your bedroll, start walking. Get up, take your bedroll, start walking. Get up, take your bedroll, start walking. Come on, guys. Time to move from where we are to go to where we need to be. To reposition ourselves to get to the spot that God's called us to be at, right? So you got, you, you got to just got to do it. You just got to get up and take your bedroll, start walking. Verse 9 is awesome uh, in the message. It says, the man was healed on the spot, picked up his bedroll, and walked off. The man was healed on the spot, picked up his bedroll, and walked off. You know, you and I need to just realize we need to identify with the hundreds of sick folk. That we're just one of them. That, you know, uh, God's plan is, is to make you whole. Right? But, and, and I, I just really think that most of us need to address the issue that we ain't there yet. We're not perfect. Right? We have not obtained. So we just keep pressing and, and pushing in and stretching and, and growing and doing everything we can so that we can continue to be made whole by God. Right? We, we, we need to be healed from the inside out. We need to be changed. We, we need to be different next month than we are this month. Right? And, you know, and we, we, we don't want to just, uh, go through religious ceremonial activity and, you know, so we can feel good about our nasty attitude. You know, well, I guess I'm covered and, well, no, there's way more to this thing that God's got in mind than, than just hiding your, your sin. Right? You know, the, the power of God, the grace of God, the grace of God, it, you know, it is forgiveness. It, it's dealing with that sin, but it's way more than that, right? That grace, by His divine power, He has given us everything that we need to live godly, to live like God, to live God-like, to live, to live the life that He sent Jesus to reconnect mankind to, 
right? Jesus came that we might have and enjoy life in abundance through the top till it overflows. Zoe, Z-O-E, Zoe life. God life. Life like God's got it, right? It's not a different level of life. It's a different lifestyle altogether. Not, and we're, we're not talking about rules and regulations. We're talking about a totally different thing. Like 2 Corinthians 5.17, if any man be in Christ, if any man be in Christ, he's a new species altogether. He's a new creature, totally different. What happened? Christ come in there. You are not the same as you used to be. Come on. You're not the, you're not the same. Man, I'll tell you what, before, before really giving your life to God, before, you know, surrendering to God, you think about the stuff that you dealt with that you couldn't, you couldn't get a grip on. You couldn't get over it. You couldn't, you couldn't deal with it. You couldn't handle it. You, you, you didn't have any, any, any chance even. And then Jesus comes in your life. Totally different story now. Right? Because now I have strength for all things. I am ready for and equal to anything that comes my way through Christ who is infusing me with an inner strength. I, I, you are more than able. Right? Because, because you've been made different. If, if you're in Christ, He's a new creature altogether. The old has passed away. Say, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> right? You, you're new. The old, the old is passed away. In other words, its, it's power no longer rules. I, I, I want to make sure that I don't go too fast. I've had a lot of caffeine. Um, I, I don't want to. I don't want to shoot past here too quick because you need to get this. You, you got to understand. God's got a plan for you, right? We, it's on the wall. God has a plan. Prosper you, not harm you. Give you hope and future. God's plan is to prosper you, not harm you. His plan is to give you hope and a future. Hope and a future. And and, and think about God's plan. Uh, he, he's going to do some crazy. Crazy good stuff. Your future, your future depends upon your ability to take the word of God. And, and the Bible says that the sower sowed the seed and the seed was the word. The, the word of God is seed. You're the soil. Okay. You're taking that seed. You're putting it in the soil and it's going to bring forth a harvest. And your future is going to be impacted by the crop. Right. By the fruit. Your future, your future hinges upon your ability to get the seed to produce in you. Listen, I'm glad you're here. But if all you're doing is going to church, you know, I'm going to swing through, going to give an hour and 15 minutes once a week. Uh, you, you know, the, the average believer today, uh, I was just in a meeting a couple of weeks ago with uh, a bunch of pastors all across the state. And, and uh, it, it was awesome because we, we just spent time praying. Praying for the church, praying for you, praying, praying for situations that are prevalent in, in our churches and, and the issues. And, and, and on the west side, a, a, a prominent pastor uh, from uh, West Side Church, uh, he's got a larger church, and, and he's sharing. And, and, and one of the things he's, he asked us to pray about, because they, they just, you know, uh, they've had a pretty, pretty tough year. Unlike, you know, our area, our area economically, you know, we've done really well. Right. And we're just blessed to God. I mean, and that might be hard for you to take. Well, I just got laid off. It doesn't matter because God's your source. Right. Uh, but uh, the West Side, you know, they've just been getting hammered. And, and, and he said, and now we're just kind of coming through it and things are starting to pick up. But now it's summer. And he said, you know, half of my church takes the summer off. He said, it ain't. And he looks right at me. He goes, it ain't like living in Tri-Cities. 
you guys get 300 days of sunshine a year. And he said, when the sun, when the sun comes out over here, man, people are, they're gone. And, and he said, uh, last, last summer that he, he, uh, you know, their church, they, they do the music and the worship and they got everything going and then they, they, uh, they usher him in and at, at a certain point in the service and, and, uh, the guys walk him in and bring him up and, and he said, and, and, uh, he, he came into the service, he brought him to the service and went to the platform and looked out and, and there wasn't nobody there. And said he's standing there looking for his good friends. <laughs> you know, the Bible says be deep-spirited friends, right? You know, uh, love one another, agree with each other, be deep-spirited friends. And so he's looking for his deep-spirited friends. So he reaches in his pocket. He pulls out his cell phone, and he starts calling them. And he's got it on speakerphone so everybody can hear. He tells him, hey, I got you on speakerphone. I'm here in the church, and we're having service, and I'm wondering, where are you? <laughs> That's awesome. I love this guy. Yeah, but over the speakerphone, uh, over the speakerphone, one of the guys, one of the guys responds to him, and, and he said, uh, "He said, where, where are you?" And he said, "Don't worry about it. I'll be back when I be back." This is his deep-spirited friend, and he said, "What did you just say?" And he said, "Don't worry about it. I'll be back when I be back." He just hung up. Finish the service. Next weekend, come time, you know, they did the worship, they do the stuff, and come time to usher him in. And, and he had a guy in a, in a very fine tuxedo who, who, who come walking down, you know, headed up the center aisle. He had a plaque, and he hung it on the pulpit, and it said, I'd be back when I'd be back. <laughs> I might do that. <laughs> uh, the average believer... In our society, goes to church 1.4 times a month, and they consider themselves committed. Now, if all you do is swing by the church 1.4 times a month, and you're not taking the Word of God on a daily basis and getting it down into the soil of your heart, you're just going to be a bad example of a follower of Christ. Because something's going to come up against you. Trust me. Something's coming. Hello? Can I get a witness? You're nice. You're awesome. Something's coming to your house. And, you know, you ought not wait till the bomb hits before you build a bomb shelter. You know, you got to have the Word of God. You're new. That don't mean you're living new. You got God life available, but that don't mean that you're accessing God life. If any man is Christ, he's new. Old things are passed away. Behold, all that old stuff is no longer in authority. Doesn't have to rule your life. Goes on to say that, and all this new stuff, it's of God. It's of God who's given to us. He has reconciled us to himself by Jesus, and he has given to us a ministry of reconciliation that we would bring others to harmony with God. See, what we don't understand in our culture and our societies, we actually think that, that God life is all about me. That God's going to come in and he's going to make my life better. He's going to make my life easy. He's going to make me happy. He's going to bless me. And, and the reality is, is that what God's doing is he's operating in your life so that you can be a light to, to the darkness. So that you can demonstrate what it looks like to have God in your life. And it doesn't do any good to have God in your life if you don't go through the same stuff that people go through that don't have God. So you're going through the same issues that they're going through, only you're coming out victorious. 
Why? To demonstrate that great power that's in us. That's not of us, but it's of God. You know, the early church had to, they had to convince people, they had to go around and convince people, we are not gods. Have you read your book? You know, they had to go around and, and tell people and, and literally convince them, look guys, we're just, we're just men, just like you. But the power that we're operating in is a power other than our own. See, when was the last time you had to explain that to somebody? No, the church today, we almost live backwards. We're all quiet and timid and embarrassed and don't want to offend anybody. Offend anybody? You're the only hope they got. Come on. We're the only hope a hopeless generation has. I'm telling you that people without hope are hoping that you got some hope. And they get up next to you and find out that you're just as screwed up as they are, but instead of going to a bar, you go to a church 1.4 times a month. That ain't helping anybody. Where's this power that, that ought to be operating in us and, and, and bringing change? Listen, blind vision's all messed up and, 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 you know, impaired. We can't see what we ought to see. We're looking at the wrong stuff, right? Trouble comes to your house and, and you, you think, well, I guess God doesn't love me. I guess he's against me. I guess this thing doesn't work. What are you, crazy? Man, your vision's screwed up. Well, what do you mean, my vision? Here's the deal. Stuff comes to your life. You go, okay, this is my opportunity to demonstrate Satan's defeat. I'm going to humiliate hell. I said, I'm going to humiliate hell. Our vision. We're crippled. We're We're missing limbs. We can't reach out and take hold of what we ought to have possession of. Our legs have been whacked off, so we can't walk the way we ought to walk. We're paralyzed in certain areas of our life. The only way, the only way you're getting to prosperity is if somebody carries you. Only, only way that you're going to walk prosperously is if you win the lottery. Guys, would you like to be well? Listen to Jesus. You want to be well? Get up from that spot, clean up that mess, and start walking this thing. Hello. I I might be making a tape for people who aren't here. I'm not sure. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Starting, I want to read it from the New Living Testament. Therefore, since God in His mercy has given us this new way. If any man's in Christ, he's new. Now he's given us this new way. Listen to what it says. Since he's given us this new way, we never give up. Do you know what never means in the Greek? Never. We never give up. We reject shameful deeds and underhanded methods. We're not trying to trick anybody or distort the word. We tell the truth before God and all who are honest know it. If the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it's only hidden from people who are perishing. Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. Think about that for just a minute. Satan, the god of this world, have blinded the minds of those that don't believe. Blinded the minds. So, in their mind, they, they can't get that picture. You ever been driving down the highway, and, and you get next to a truck, and it's been raining, and the spray is on your windshield, and, and just for a moment, you're blinded? Right? But what do you do? You pray. No, you get out of there. 
right? You know, step on the gas and let's go. And, and you get past that thing so that you can see again. Why? Because as long as you can't see, you're a danger to yourself and everybody else who's on the road. See, if you can't see God's plan, you're a danger to yourself and everybody else who's on that road. If you don't see, well, I just don't think that it's God's will to heal everybody. Your vision is impaired. And you're a danger to people who are on the road to healing. Because you're going to come up alongside of them and you're going to spew that unbelief. Well, I prayed for people and they didn't get healed. Your experience does not change God's promise. Why in the world do we try to align our belief system with experiences instead of causing our experiences to line up with our beliefs? I got news for you. If you're unsure about that and you ever hear that somebody here is sick, don't be the guy that's praying. You know, well, Jesus, if it be thy will. Read the book. He already said it's his will. If you don't believe God's plan is to prosper you, and I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about increase in every realm of your life. Your family ought to be stronger. Your mind ought to be sharper. Your body ought to be more healthy. Your finances should be more secure. Hello? Every realm of your life. But if you don't see that correctly, see, you're, you're not only a danger to yourself, but everybody else who's on the road to prosperity. And the God of this world, it's the God of this world, Satan, who hath blinded the minds of those which believe not. Think about that. Which believe not. What do you believe? That it's not God's will. Healing, not His will. Prosperity, not His will. Hope, not His will. You call trusting God false hope. You, you, you do understand it's hard for me to just preach this because what I really want to do is get up on a soapbox. It just irritates me when, when Christian people are telling people that it's not really God's will. That's not really what the Bible meant. How the heck? And I'm being nice. Well, I was listening to a podcast and Dr. Fluvius Fluffyhead said that it wasn't the will of God. i got to keep going. <laughs> Satan, who is the God of this world, blinds the minds of those who... And they are unable to see this glorious light. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. You see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. We're preaching Jesus Christ as Lord. We ourselves are your servants for his sake. God said, let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our heart, so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus. We now have this light shining in our heart. We ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. Everybody say great treasure. Man, you got this great treasure. You got this great treasure. It makes it clear that our great power is from God, not us. Listen, we're pressed on every side by trouble. We're not crushed. We're perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we're not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our body. Trouble comes. So that we can connect with the death of Christ, but also the life. See, a lot of us are under the impression, and, and 
man, I really got to hurry. A lot of us are under the impression that resurrection is an event. A resurrection is not an event. It's a person. Jesus explained it to Martha when, when her brother was dead in a tomb and Jesus is coming back and he says, oh, he's, he's gonna, he's getting up. And she goes, well, I know on that great bright morning someday in the one, you know, and he says, hey, I am the resurrection. Resurrection life. What, resurrection, what does it mean? It simply means this, that when death has wore itself out, life is going to stand back up again. You have God life, right? Jesus came, John 10, 10, that you might have and enjoy life in abundance to the top till it overflows. More than enough life. You have more life than death, more joy than sorrow, more hope than despair, more provision than lack, more health than sickness, more hope. Come on. You have a great treasure. Man, your future, hear me today, your future Depends on your ability to wrap your heart around the Word of God and allow it to produce a, a harvest. Your future does not depend on my ability, neither does my ability, my future depend on you. I, I bring forth for my life. You bring forth for you. You don't have to be busted and disgusted uh, in the, near future, you can walk in insane victory. But you better have something in there. You better recognize that great treasure. Right? Why? Well, because trouble's coming. Look at, look at this in the Amplified. We're hedged in, pressed on every side. Second Corinthians 4. We're hedged in, pressed on every side. Trouble and oppressed in every way. But not cramped or crushed. We suffer embarrassments. We are perplexed, unable to find a way out. But we are never driven to despair. We're pursued and persecuted and hard-driven, but not deserted to stand alone. We're struck down to the ground, but never struck out. Your vision's impaired. If, I, if what you're looking at is the fact, well, I've been struck down. You've got you to see this. Yeah, but never struck out. So since he's given us this new way, we never give up. We don't back up and say, well, I guess it wasn't God's will. No, this is your opportunity to demonstrate Satan's defeat. And you got, you got, David got this in Psalms. Check it out. He said Psalms 118 or 119, 119 verse 11. Thy word, we know this when we quote it all the time. We just don't have a clue what it means. Thy word have I hidden my heart so I won't sin against thee. Thy word have I hid my heart so I won't sin against thee. Man, you know, I was born and raised, we were in church a lot, okay? Daddy was a preacher. We, we, we had the tent. Some, most, of my, most of my early childhood, we were in church twice a day. We were under the tent. We were doing the thing. We were traveling around. And ever since a little kid, you know, I've been able to quote this. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I won't sin against thee. So I won't sin. So, so you know, do you really think, and, you know, can I just be super transparent? We're really under the impression, a lot of people are under the impression that if they learn a Bible verse, they'll stop smoking. You know, that way I won't sin. <laughs> you know, and, and, and like that, dude, you know, if you want to quit smoking, the power of God can enable you to cut that stuff off. That ain't what he's talking about. It, so I won't sin, so I won't miss the mark, so I stay on track, so I, so I go all the way to the bullseye. 
What's the bullseye? Well, I don't know. What's, what's the target you're aimed at? His plans to prosper you. Okay. So maybe that's your target. I need to start prospering. Uh, God didn't anoint me with Holy Ghost power to be a consumer. He, he anointed me to be a provider. See, I've got to get rid of this consumer mindset that somebody's going to come take care of me and that everything's there for me to go get. No, I have more than enough. I'm going to begin to produce and be a... I, I want to be Jira Jr. Where I'm walking around providing for my family, for my community. I'm bringing something to the table. What, what are you bringing? See, you've got this great treasure. You've got this great treasure. You're bringing something. He said, thy word. Your word, have I hid in my heart? That word hid means to, to, uh, to treat as treasure. It doesn't mean that you've hidden it so that you can't find it. You ever do that? Dude, I've done it with stuff that mattered. You know what I mean? You take the keys to the car, I'm going to put them right here so I don't, so I don't, don't want to lose the keys. So I put the keys there, can't remember where that spot's at. Right? Your checkbook, your wallet. You know, you don't mean hide it so you can't find it. It means to protect it like a treasure. Not to leave out in the open. Why? Because we know that the source of the seed and seed was the word. And immediately the enemy come to take the seed. So he said, I put it in a place where the enemy can't get to it. If you don't protect the word of God, let me tell you something. Bitter Betty's coming to your house and she's going to try to talk you out of it. Right? You're going to have somebody show up. you got, you got friends and family who just don't want to stand on the word of God. And and they got they got all kinds of sense and reason makes perfectly good sense. They got a great bunch of great reasons and and, and science behind it. Well, Romans eight six says to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded that's life and peace. To be carnally minded is sense and reason without the Holy Spirit. It makes perfectly good sense. Got a lot of good reasons. Ain't no Holy Spirit on it. So that's going to lead you away from the target instead of to it. Thy word have I hid in my heart, so that I won't miss. The mark. Proverbs 4 tells us in verse 23. So guard above everything else your heart. Why? Because your treasure's there. Right? You're not just coming to church. You're getting the Word of God. And like Mark 4.24 in the Amplified, he said, the level of thought and study you give to the truth you hear determines the level of virtue. That's power. And knowledge that comes back to you. God's Word really produces in some people. And in other people, it's like water off a duck's back. Why? Because they don't give any thought and study to it. They're just listening. They don't even hear it. Psalms 119 in the Amplified, you've got to read it. Over and over and over again, it says, I hear, not listen, I hear. Man, I'll make sure I understand. It's not making it, you know, don't get together with a bunch of people and ask them, well, what does that mean to you? Frankly, Scarlett, it doesn't make any difference what it means to you. It, what did he mean when he said it? Okay, what does God, what's God saying? And, and I hear it, I receive it, that's for me. That's mine, I own it, right? I love it. I, it's like my treasure. And I obey it. I hear it, I receive it, I love it, and I obey it. Why? It's my treasure. It's my treasure. So I'm going to guard it above all other things. I'm going to guard my heart for out of it for the issues of life. Right? The springs of life. Go home, do a word study. You don't you know, want to know what that's going to tell you? Is that the issues of life, it, it's the boundaries, the borders. Your life, your God life is going to be as big as you determine by the seed that's treasured up in your heart. See, life's going to shake you. Right? Something's coming out. The enemy's going to shake you. Why? Because he's going to find out what's coming out. You want to know why? Because he knows you're full of something. 
and he needs to know what? Come on now. This is a great time to look at your neighbor and say, you're full of it. Okay, okay, you're full of it. What, what are you full of? Something, something's coming out. Something, when, when, when life, we're pressed, we're shaken, we're knocked down, not struck out. Why? Because we're going to find out what's in there. When life shakes you, if Bible don't come out, well, that's why you ain't getting a God life result. Come on, don't act all shocked. Well, I'm expecting God to do some stuff. God's given you everything that you need to live a godly life. What are you waiting on God to do? you got the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwelling inside of you. I mean, what more do you want him to do? He's eradicated your sin. He's empowered you with the Holy Spirit. He's anointed you so that you, are, 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 you have an ability that's way beyond your ability. You, 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 you got enough power to blow the lips off the front of your face. Now, and you're sitting around waiting for God to do something? Hello? Come on! Get a backbone! You know, freedom is never granted voluntarily by the oppressor. It must be demanded by the oppressed. You have, see, the Bible says that he's given us authority. Right? He's given you authority over all the power... Of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means harm thee. You have authority over the enemy's power. You're all in, you're, you're aware of God, but impressed by the devil. You need to be aware of the devil and impressed with God. And you need to operate in your authority. And, and I know this is gonna really, this is gonna really, this is gonna cause some people to just get all sucked up. They're gonna be, they're gonna be fuzzed up like a mad cat. But I'm gonna tell you something. The, the reason you're not walking in insane victory, cause you ain't got enough backbone to stand on the Word of God. And you wanna cover it with a bunch of stupid excuses and say, well, that's just not the way it is, and it's not God's will every single time, and I know it isn't because I don't have it. But it's because you're a spoiled little brat that won't get your big boy pants on and walk in victory like you've been empowered to. Well, you keep talking like that. We're never going to have a big church. Good. You know, really, guys, I'm telling you, my future is not dependent upon your response. God's already painted the picture on the canvas of my heart of what he's going to do. And I'm going to get involved with him and we're going to see it happen. And I already realize that some of you won't be here because you will have died along the way. Didn't have to. But you just refuse to believe the word of God. Joshua 1.8, and I'm done. Look at this. Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, so that you can observe to do all that's written in it. And then you're going to make your way successful, and you're going to prosper. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. In other words, don't ever, don't ever, don't ever let my word stop being in your mouth. When life shakes you, my word ought to come out. My, you, you better start. You've got to be speaking my word. You're going to meditate Day and night. In other words, don't ever let your thoughts be dictated by anything other than my word. My word needs to be the prominent thought. Then you're going to do everything. In other words, every action of your life is going to be motivated by my word. If your speech is controlled by my word, your thoughts are controlled by my word, your actions are motivated by my word, then you're going to succeed. Then, you're going to listen to me. Your future depends on the thought and study you give to the truth you hear. I'm going to a different church. It doesn't change the truth. 
you know, one, one of the things that you just got to understand about me, there, there's a lot of church stuff that just drives me crazy. I don't care about programs and stuff. You know, when, when it comes to, I'm probably not, when you, when you, you know, when you say the word church, everybody gets a different picture. When you say the word pastor, everybody gets a different picture. Uh, I want you to know that God has empowered you to demonstrate Satan's defeat every single day of your life. That you can walk in insane victory. Insane victory. But you've got to get on the Word of God. You hang around me very long. You know, Keith, how many times have I asked you, what does the Bible say? About a billion. You know, Todd and Kelly. You know, the, you know, the great people, but man, they had some messed up stuff, huh? And over and over and over. Well, what does the Bible say? What does the Bible say? What does the Bible say? And now what's funny is that when you go to talk to Todd, he'll say, what does the Bible say? You know, I'm not building, you know, I just don't really care about cathedrals and, you know, you know, all that stuff. I'm building you. And I want you to have some victory. I want you to get over the stupid stuff that the God of this world, Satan, has blinded the minds which believe not. So how about you start believing God? Come on. And get up and walk this thing out and realize, you got Jesus in your face. Will you be made whole? Do you want to be well? Get up. Pick up that mess and start walking. That man was healed on the spot, got up and walked off. Let's go for it. Let's do this thing. Let's, let's, let's demonstrate Satan's defeat. Hello? Close your book, bow your head, let me pray for you. <laughs> Not finished, but.